It's a new year. A new year to um, think about new things, to try new things, to uh, reflect on the year prior. Um, I am a very reflective person by nature, and so on my on New Year's, I'm always reflective. My birthday is in July, so I get kind of a half of the year check-in, and then New Year's, I really sort of blot out. So now is the time when I am getting out a, a calendar and looking at the new year and thinking about where I want to be and, and where I want to go. It's kind of a strange year for me this year. I've been working extensively on my doctorate of ministry, writing a, a big old dissertation, and uh, I should have that wrapped up tomorrow. So... Um, uh, it's kind of weird to think about 2017 without such a big chunk of my time and energy and focus uh, kind of being spoken for. So it's a different year for me to think about well, what's going well, what's going on this year. What's what's this next year going to hold for me? Um, and uh, even here at church, you know, a lot of this year was kind of consumed with getting the lift done, getting a couple projects done, and so it's a little bit of a blank slate for me kind of thinking about, and, and I'm a person that likes to set goals and make plans and uh, kind of think those things through. So I thought today, since it was a new year, I'd do a little different kind of sermon, and I would talk a little bit more about um, kind of how you, how you plan, how you think about a new year, and, and some biblical principles for thinking about a new year. Now hopefully when you came in, you got a piece of paper. Did everybody get a blank piece of paper? If you didn't get a blank piece of paper, you should be able to make some notes on your bulletin if if you, uh, if you need to. But I want you to take your paper, take your paper, and then fold it in half. Uh, so hold it, hold it this way, right? So that it's, like this is hot dog, this is hamburger. Hold it like a hamburger and fold it this way so it looks like your bulletin. And what, what I'm trying to do is give you a chance to uh, write some things down, and I'm going to ask you in the middle of this to write some things down. So, so hunt around for a pen or a pencil in the view if you need to. Um, Section one of your, wherever you want to start on that paper, you can open it, you can use like a bulletin if you want, doesn't matter. Section one is kind of for your own notes on what I'm talking about, and then I will give you some things to write down as we go on to the other sections of the paper. So, so I'm asking you to write notes. It's a very different sermon. Here we go. Jeremiah 29, starting in verse 10. Thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed from Babylon, I will visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. The reading of God's word. God gives these words to Israel. Uh, through the prophet Jeremiah. And it's in the middle of their exile. They've been kicked out of their land. Their possessions have been taken from them. They're living in a foreign land. And God makes his promise that someday he's going to restore them. They feel abandoned by God. The pain that they must feel um, must have been overwhelming for them. 
They must have been totally resigned to it, totally give up. How could we possibly ever get back to our homeland? And yet God says, the pain that you're feeling right now is not the whole story. I'm going to restore your fortunes. I'm going to send you home again. I have a plan and a purpose for you. And it is good and not evil. It is a future and a hope. Let me, let me try to say this to you as plainly as I can this morning. I believe that God has a plan and a purpose for you. That God has something to do in your life in this new year. That God has something he wants to say to somebody. God has some kind of love he wants to see shown to somebody. That God has something planned and in store for you in your family, in your work, in your neighborhood. God has these moments set aside that he's called you to. Uh, listen, listen to this, these words from Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace you have been saved through faith. These are familiar verses probably. This is not your own doing, it is a gift of God. Not a result of works, so that one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Created for what? For good works. God has works for you to do. Which, the text continues, God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What does that mean? That means God, who is outside of time, has already been in 2017. He got their forward party ahead of you. And he's got these moments, he's got these things, he's got these works that he wants you to walk through. I believe that. And I believe that whether you're retired or whether you're working, whether you've got kids or grandkids, whether you're living by yourself, whatever God has you in your life right now, we've got to get over this reality that you, or this, this uh, thought that ministry is something that pastors do or missionaries do. No, ministry is something that Christians do. That God has stuff in your life, people in your life, jobs in your life, things at your work, things all over the place that are an opportunity for you to do the work of Christ in the world. For some of you, it's going to be in front. It's just going to be a path to walk. Some of you, you're going to have to hunt for it a little bit. You're going to have to dream it up a little bit. You're going to have to pursue it a little bit. Because here's the problem with God's plans and purposes. I believe God has plans and purposes for your life. But I also believe in this thing called sin. That we are made in the image of God and God calls us saints. At the same time, we're fallen. We're sinful. Listen to Paul in Romans chapter 7. He says this, For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I want or what I do not want, I agree with the law that, is, that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do, but sin that dwells within me. Pause right there. So Paul's saying, there's the sin stuff that messes with me. Right? That I want to do something, but I, but I can't do it. And uh, there's certain things I don't want to do, and I tell myself I shouldn't do those things, and I like, can't help myself. Paul says this. is in the Bible. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. Paul's kind of going round and round, right? But what he's saying is, we all felt this, right? The stuff I want to do, I can't do. How many of us know we should eat differently? How many of us know we should get out and exercise, right? 
how many of, and this is New Year's, so we have all these New Year's resolutions, right? And there's going to be a whole bunch of people join the Y this month that are never going to go. They're never going to go, and the Y is going to take their membership for six months, and then finally they're going to go out of their denial, and they're going to cancel their membership. It's how it's, how it's going to be. Because we're sinful. We don't do the things we're supposed to do, and the things we don't want to do, we just keep coming back to, right? We keep coming back to that dessert. We keep coming back to that habit that's going to ruin us. We know we should write that letter or have that difficult conversation, but we just keep on avoiding it. We know we should stop drinking as much as we do or getting so angry or lying, but we can't seem to stop ourselves. It's called sin. And it's why New Year's resolutions often don't work. But here's the problem. If God has a plan and a purpose for you, and you have a desire to follow that plan and got that purpose, there's this sin thing that's going to get in the way. If you just, if you just kind of let yourself go with life, you're not going to get there. You're not going to pursue God's will. You're going to pursue your will. That's how sin works. And so, if you're going to pursue God's will, if you're going to walk in those things, I think you've got to do some things in your life to try to orient yourself. Try to keep coming back to that. Some disciplines, some practices. So I think you need to understand a couple of things. First of all, it's up there. Planning and reflecting. I think the Bible, again and again and again, uh, talks about planning and reflecting. Okay? Looking backwards, looking forwards. Looking back on ref and reflecting on what's happening. What does God do all the time? He, in, the, in the Old Testament, he says, Remember, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, better do this. Therefore, you better do that. Therefore, you ought to do this. He keeps reminding them of the past story. He keeps turning to the past so that you bring the past into the future. We need to reflect. We need to think about things. We need to process what happened last year and how we do it. Um, one, of my, one of the stories I like to tell is of a cat that got up on the stove when it was a little cat and burned its paw. It burned its paw and it ran off and it never ever burned its paw on the, on the stove again. But at the same time, it never got on the stove again. The lesson it learned was never get on the stove. Don't ever get on the stove. But the cat never went back to actually process and say, now, Never get on the stove, but, uh, but there's certain parts I can walk on the stove as long as this part's not red, right? Can't stop. See, the cat never learns the full lesson. It just says, ah, I'll never get on the stove again. And there are a lot of people who have not processed their life well. And they have failed at relationships. They have failed at work. And they have failed at things they've done. And what they've learned to do is not try. I just won't go near that thing anymore. I won't be myself anymore. I won't let my guard down anymore. And they've never totally reflected to say, no, 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 that's not the full lesson, is it? No, I shouldn't, I should be able to let my guard down with safe people, but not unsafe people. How do I learn what a safe person is and not a safe person? You gotta look back and reflect at your life and learn the lessons of your life to move forward. Otherwise, and you all have seen this, maybe in your life, but especially in other people, people make the same mistakes over and over and over again. It's like the guy or the girl, you got a niece or a nephew, that keeps dating the same person over and over and over again. It's just a different name, right? But it's the same pattern. And they never learn from the pattern. You've got to reflect on your past. And the Bible does that a lot. Looking back to the Old Testament, looking back to what's happened. And you've got to look to the future, and you've got to plan. I think you need to set goals. You need to think about what the future holds. You're never, you're never going to get tossed about by the sea of life 
and, and end up where you want to be doesn't happen that way most of the time. I think sometimes, sometimes people do that. Sometimes people are, get sold into slavery like, uh, like Joseph in the Bible. And you end up, you just have to follow God's will. Like he just captures you. But more often than that, I think when, we are not, when we're not intentional about where we're going, we end up being a lot more like Jonah. God, you want me to go that way? All right, I'm going that way. You got to plan a little bit. You got to think about God's purpose. Because sin, well, because of sin, you're not going to drift your way into God's life. You got to do it a little bit on purpose. That's why the Bible has this sense of eternal purposes, but it also talks a lot about daily action, daily bread, daily prayer. What are you going to do today that's going to make you the person that God wants you to be in the future? And very often, we want things, but we don't think about the daily practices that are going to get us there. Okay, It's not enough to say, oh, I want to accomplish this in the new year. Or I feel God leading me to this in the new year. What do you got to do every day to get there? What do you got to do every day to take you to make sure you walk in God's will in this new year? Now, uh, because of all this, I, I really do like to read about uh, goal setting and I I'm very intentional about that in my own life, what I want to do in this new year. Where am I going? I set my plans. I set my goals. I do that for this church, too. Lay out a church calendar, and I think through what we're going to do, and I talk to different people about what they want to try in their areas of ministry. But one of the things I have found is that as much as I like reading about goal setting and success, uh, there are certain things that are different in the Christian faith than what you're going to find in business goal setting. They just are. Um, First of all, um, there's this sense in success literature, and, and even in a lot of preaching, it's just not how I preach, that God wants you to be happy and wealthy and prosperous in everything you do. And here's the problem with that. Most characters in the Bible are not real happy, wealthy, or prosperous. In fact, the most prosperous characters in the Bible are some of the worst characters. <laughs> They're clearly the ones you shouldn't want to be like. Um... <coughs> I think God wants you to be fulfilled. And God wants you to be on purpose. I think God wants you to have joy, and that's different than happiness. Um, I think God wants you to have peace, and that's different than success. There's nothing wrong with being successful by the world's standards. I really don't believe that. Um, but don't assume that that's what God has for you. And don't assume, a lot of Christians do this, they assume that because they're not wealthy, because they don't feel successful, God must not be there for them. Or they must not be doing it. There must be something wrong with them. They're not fulfilling God's plans and purposes. No, you just have a kind of a goofy, worldly way of thinking about God's purposes. Another thing. God is often in the little things. As often as I uh, plan and think of big goals, a lot of times it's in the little things that God actually has plans and purposes. Okay, I know this in ministry. I can plan a Christmas Eve service. I can plan all this stuff. Some of my best ministry happens at Walmart. Some of my best ministry happens when God interrupts my plans and says, oh, wait, i got something for you over here. And that's a tricky part because as in the world, you don't want to go with interruptions. But I believe sometimes God is really in the interruptions. Here's the last thing. I think God's timing works very different than my timing. How many of you have experienced that? Right? God, I want that right now. God, I don't want that right now. And yet God has this sense of timing. 
And I'm convinced that one of the hardest things, it's hard to trust God with your money, and it's really hard to trust God with your timing. Timing is really important. And sometimes God calls you to wait for a while. And sometimes God surprises you with stuff. Part of trusting God is trusting God with the timing. I believe you can't trust God. I believe he's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And I believe that if, if you're not careful, sin can really get in the way of that. So part of my question for you today is what, what is God's plan and purpose for you? Has God laid something on your heart? Maybe he's laid it on your heart for a long time and you've been ignoring it because you don't think it's possible. What's God got coming for you in 2017? But the bigger question is, okay, what do you have to do to be ready for that? What do you have to do to walk in the plans and purposes that God has for you in this new year? So what I would like to do now is I'd like you to take that paper. Yeah, we got your paper. We got someplace on your bulletin. I'd like you to, I don't know if you took notes or not, but move to another section. Karen, here we are, section two. I want to actually give you a couple minutes on each of these. Okay, so this is section one. So I'm going to give you about two minutes to actually reflect on this stuff. Rick's going to play a little music, and I want you to write some stuff down. First slide, first, first question, first section of the paper. Reflections on 2016. What were your highs and what were your lows? What were your wins and what were your regrets? What did you learn in 2016 about life, about others, or about yourself? Okay? So Rick's going to play a little bit, and we're gonna give, I'm going to give you about two minutes to think through some of that stuff yourself and write it down. you'll do more of this later. Um, it's section three. Um, section three is dreams for 2017. What dreams do you have for 2017? What goals do you have? What do you think God has for you to do? 
What's your key word or key verse for 2017? I just find that a helpful thought. And then I borrowed this from the military. My dad used to talk about this all the time. In the army, they talk about be, know, and do. Who do you want to be? What do you want to know? And uh, what do you need to do in 2017? I've always found that helpful to think, not just about accomplishing stuff, but be, know, and do. Take a couple minutes. Think about 2017. Okay, section four. Section four, daily plan. And this is the part that a lot of people miss. What do you gotta do daily to be that person and accomplish God's plan? What habits or schedules? Um, what does it look like in your devotion life, your exercise, your eating, your sleeping, relationships, your church, your finances? What do you need to learn? What do you need to be reading about? What do you need to be thinking about? How do you have accountability for those daily changes? I really believe, I really believe, if you're going to follow God's will, it happens on a daily basis, trusting God. Daily basis. So what does it look like in your life, daily, if you're going to walk in those paths in 2017? Take a couple minutes.
on the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks and broke it, he blessed it and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body broken for you. And after supper, he took the cup. Said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Drink you all of it. Imagine what those disciples must have felt like that weekend. Put yourself in their shoes. You've been following Jesus for about three years. You believe he's the Messiah. And then you watch him die on a cross. Imagine the pain. Imagine how overwhelmed they must have been. The loss, the grief to see him die on a cross. To hide in an upper room somewhere just to make sure that as a follower of this one who was crucified, you're not punished also. But imagine Resurrection Sunday. Imagine when they get up and they find that this Jesus is not dead but alive. Not just a new life for Jesus, it would have been new life for them. The life they thought they'd lost, they got back. Not just Christ's life, their life. 2016 may not have been a good year for you. May have come with some pain, may have come with some heartache, may have come with a, a lot of baggage. But it's a new year. It's a new day. It's Sunday when we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. And the good news from Lamentations that we've already made reference to in our liturgy is that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. His mercies are new every morning. His mercies are definitely new every year. And so whatever your year was like in 2016, God has plans and purposes and grace for you in this new year. It might have been a really great year for you. And maybe God has a kind of a different year planned for you this year. Trust God's plan. Trust God's timing. And as we come to the table, I pray it might be a time Whereas you partake in the bread and you drink of the cup, you also take a moment, even if you've got to just scoot off to the side, to dedicate in your own words this year to Jesus Christ. Say, Lord, I'm yours. This year is yours. My plans are yours. My work is yours. My relationships are yours. May I walk in your plans and purposes. Hash that out with God a little bit if you need to before or after you come to the communion table, that this may be a great dedication for a great new year. We're serving today in a style of self-serve. So you come down by way of the middle and then return to your seats on the outside. You can take a piece of bread, you can take a cup, and then there's also trays for the used cups. So you can leave those there. Again, take a moment to pray on either side of the table and dedicate the year to Christ. Um, the table is ready the mercies of the Lord are here come